Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, one of the two Unitarian churches of Edmonton. My name is Corrine Jackson, and I will be your service leader this morning. We will have an opening hymn, number 361, Enter, Rejoice, and Come In. faith is a creedless community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We embrace a pluralist philosophy, opening our hearts and minds to the diverse ideas, feelings, and expressions of our world community. Whatever your heritage, whatever your faith, whomever you love, you are welcome here today. We respectfully acknowledge that we are located on Treaty 6 land, a traditional gathering place for a diverse indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Dakota Sioux, Iroquois, Salté, and Anishma, Inuit and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community. We will now have some announcements. I think I'm the only one with announcements today, and I have a whole bunch. So, Soul Matters groups are starting up pretty soon. I'm going to talk about them a little bit in the service, but if you haven't signed up for a Soul Matters group, I encourage you to. I, um, I think it'll be a great addition to our adult uh, religious exploration program. Tomorrow evening, uh, please join me and bring a friend and whomever for um, a... Um, entertaining, well, we'll make it as entertaining as we can because it's up to us, but a relaxed social time at Brewster's in Unity Square. I'll be there about 6.30. I have an area reserved for us. And so you can come and share a meal, um, come later and just have a beverage, a cup of tea, a glass of wine, whatever your choice is, you are welcome to just come and, and um, visit and fellowship with other Unitarian Universalists here. On Wednesday on Zoom, the link will be in the is will be in the newsletter. It's in the weekly emails as well as a book club starting. And there are no parameters at this point. Whoever shows up will be suggesting books for the year and maybe a focus for the year. So we get to make it up. Um, I'm going to be going into the Zoom room and visiting with the folks online directly after the service. So I'm going to do the benediction, and while you folks are singing Carry the Flame, I'm going to leave. 
and, uh, and join the Zoom room. I've got my little window is there already so they can see me, I've, um, so they can see Reverend Rosemary, she, her, hers, and they can, people on Zoom can see me up here. I'm, I'm kind of monopolizing all the Hollywood squares. I'd like to bring to everyone's attention that um, National Day of Reconciliation is each year on September 30th. And we pause then to, to think about the devastating effects of the residential school system and of the 60s scoop that has been wreaked upon the indigenous populations of Canada. You are encouraged to wear orange on the 30th, to attend any of the commemorative events, and most importantly, to begin to or continue educating ourselves, yourselves, together separately of the effects of residential school syndrome on the First Peoples of Canada, and therefore, on all of us. Wear orange on September 30th, for every child does indeed matter. And now let us prepare, or I hand it over to Kareen. Oh, who likes coffee? Or tea, or juice, or fellowship, something, a mug of something? Well, if you do, you won't get any on October 30th, November 20th, or December 18th. See Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> we ask that you take a moment now to ensure that your cell phone and noise emitting devices are silenced. Those who are hearing impaired, the ushers have audio aids available. We are glad you are here with us this morning. We hope you find something in the service today that nourishes your spirit and helps you find and keep your balance. We will open the service now with a musical prelude, offering each of us a time of quiet contemplation and inspiration. Thank you, Karen. That was lovely. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Ah, so much better. I am the Reverend Rosemary Morrison, and it is my pleasure and honor to serve the Darien Church of Edmonton, one of two congregations in the greater Edmonton area. This month, we've been talking about belonging with the underlying message of you belong here. You are part of this community. I love this sentiment. 
sentiment. And I know that not everyone always feels this because, well, we can't be all things to all people all the time. It's just not possible. We can only do our best, and that's okay. And we can learn, and that's good too. However, sometimes we actually get it right. And when we do, it can be truly magical and wonderful. In that vein, I would like to share these words by Starhawk for our opening words. Community means strength. We are all longing to go home to some place we have never been. A place half remembered and half envisioned we can only catch glimpses of from time to time. Community. Somewhere there are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throat. Somewhere a circle of hands will open to receive us, eyes will light up as we enter, voices will celebrate us whenever we come into our own power. Community means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter, a circle of healing, a circle of friends, someplace where we can be free. to invite Karen to come up and light the chalice. The, the words today are by Reverend Julie, Julia Corbett Heimer. And I believe they're going to be projected so that you can read them. There they are. Now, I am going to read the first line, and then the congregation will read, come in with the second line. We light this flame. 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 Now, um, Rosemary asked me to give a few opening words for myself. Um, so this is what I have to say. Most of my grown-up years, I worked hard at be, to be seen as an individual, and I saw minimum value in belonging to groups. It wasn't until I had a family that I start to change this view. The following words by Brene Brown express this feeling. True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. The story, Time for All Ages, is called Strictly No Elephants. Did you want to come up front, Fergie? <laughs> she has already read this book. Well, did you like it? It's a good book. Okay. Do you want to sit here and bring the chair nice and close so you can see the pictures? And I've just gone out of the view of the camera online. Have a seat. 
There we go. Good. A little one to read too. Someone younger than 55. <laughs> the trouble with having a tiny elephant for a pet is that you never quite fit in. No one else has an elephant. Do you have an elephant, Fergie? No. Every day, I take my elephant out for a walk. His is a very thoughtful sort of a walk. We all need an elephant to hold the umbrella for us. He doesn't like the cracks in the sidewalk much, though. I always go back and help him over. That's what friends do. Lift each other over the cracks. Today, I'm walking my tiny elephant to number 17. It's pet club day. And everyone will be there. So everybody's bringing their normal pets. There's dogs, cats, and an elephant. Come along, there's a good boy. I coax him the last few feet. It'll be fine. But when I look up, there's a sign on the door. I think the sign says, what does the sign say? Fergie got it. Strictly no elephants. But she's cheated. She's read it before. Strictly no elephants. My tiny elephant leads me back to the sidewalk, never minding the cracks. That's what friends do. Brave the scary things for you. My heart kind of breaks a little bit. And then it really comes down. Did you go to the pet club meeting too? The girl asks. Yes, but they don't allow elephants. The sign didn't mention skunks, the girl says, but they don't want us to play with them either. They don't know any better, I tell her. He doesn't stink, the girl adds. No, he doesn't. What if we start our own club? Come along, I say, making certain that my tiny elephant follows me because that's what friends do. Never leave anyone behind. Look at that, even a penguin. Has anybody been to the Calgary Zoo and seen the penguins? <laughs> I did this summer. I'm still kind of in awe. <laughs> they do. Porcupine, what else is there? There's a, there's a bat, skunk, porcupine, penguin, giraffe, armadillo, and, and a narwhal in a goldfish bowl. I don't know what it is. It's tiny, but it's got one of those narwhal things. We can play here, one of our brand new friends says. All of us. So we paint our own side sign. And it's crossed out strictly, no strangers, no spoils, sports. All are welcome. All are welcome. My tiny elephant will give you directions if you need them, someone says. They're having a great time. Because that's what friends do. Number 368, now let us sing. Thank you. 
whole month, folks. <laughs> Not that I'm scolding you. I, was, I, that was, I said that to try to be funny. You, it's, it's hard. It comes in really quickly. And I, I normally am I directing you, but I've got that out of the way. Okay. Just give us the bum, ba da 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 da. Okay. abundance. One of the purposes of this church community is to encourage all to gather be quiet over there. <laughs> to grow more generous in spirit and action. In addition to supporting the community, we also make a monthly commitment to the wider community. One half of the unidentified cash that we receive is given to an outside organization. For the month of September, we have supported Camp Firefly. This is a fun educational, personal, and leadership retreat for queer and trans youth age 14 to 24. Campers explore their identity, build resilience, enhance self-esteem, and develop leadership skills that will positively impact their lives homes, schools, and communities. We take an offering that um, allows, to ex allows us to exercise all that important generosity of spirit, an offering that will support this self-supporting church and its many ministries. For those in the sanctuary, you can use the envelopes found in the inside cover of the hymn book, if you wish, to receive a tax receipt. Many of our members and friends give monthly or annually through automatic withdrawal from their accounts. Offering plates will be circulated, they have been, uh, by the ushers. Those of you online, we encourage you to visit the Camp Firefly website. We thank you for your generosity your, of spirit and action. Through all this, through all we do here in the community and the wider world, we are, we are involved in the important spiritual work of creation and compassion. Now we will have the offertory hymn, 1058, Be Ours a Religion. Now say um, for from you I receive sung twice. <laughs> <laughs> 
will have candles of care and connection. Each week, we take some time to recognize the joys and sorrows that touch our lives. In a ritual practiced by many Unitarian Universalist communities, we light candles to mark these significant moments and events in our lives. For those who are with us online, you may, if you wish, write down your thoughts using the chat icon on your computer. For those in the sanctuary, I ask you to line up single file to light a candle. Please use the glass of water to extinguish your taper. I invite anyone who wishes to do so to come forward now and light a candle for whatever is on their mind and hearts today. and moments represented in these tiny lights in our hearts. They express very deeply what, that we are not alone. Unmute. Oh.
Am I on now? And now I can't move. <laughs> and I would, I've lit a candle for all the unspoken joys and concerns we hold in our hearts. And I would also like to light a candle, our Ukrainian candle, as things seem to be going in new directions in the Ukraine and in Russia. Let's hold all of those things in our hearts and minds. And so now we begin our more quiet and meditative time. In this meditation, I'm going to ask you to take a few deep breaths with me. Focus on a candle or, or the beautiful video. Soften your gaze. Ask you to feel the chair holding you, the f your feet on the floor resting comfortably. Or if you're at home, maybe you're on a couch or a bed or the floor. Whatever it is that is holding you, feel that support. Lean into it. Let go into it. And we'll take a couple more big breaths together. In and out. As this is now the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, the time of atonement. Let us sing the medit our meditation hymn together. We begin in love. And I don't have my hymn book with me. So I read and the narration and you sing the refrain. We forgive ourselves and each other, we begin again in love. For remaining silent when a single voice would have made a difference. time that our fears have made us rigid and inaccessible. For each time we have struck out in anger without just cause. greed has blinded us to the needs of others. For the selfishness that sets us apart and alone. short of the admonitions of the Spirit. For losing sight of our unity 
for those and for so many acts, both evident and subtle, which have fueled the illusion of separateness. Just take a moment and think about these words. What does it mean to forgive ourselves and each other and to begin again in love? What does it mean to start anew? This is the beginning of the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. Let's just take a few moments of silence together. May your name be written in the book of life. Amen. I'd like to invite Maria up to do a reading. Ten rules for children in the worship service. One, if you find that you are sitting in front of a child and they can't see, lean to the side a little. Two, if the children seated behind you are rustling papers, just hand them a crayon. Three, if there is a baby crying, offer to take the baby from their parent and just step off to the side. You can do the bob and sway. The parent really needs a break. Four, if the youth are whispering, give them some smarties. The rattling and crunching will replace the whispering. <laughs> Five, if an adult complains to an usher about the noisy children near them, offer to trade seats with that, with that adult and then apologize to the parents of the children. Six, when a child is running around the sanctuary giving everyone high fives, make sure you give them an extra fun high five and then high five the next five adults that you see. <laughs> Seven, if a child has worn tap shoes to church and is dancing on the uncarpeted portion of the floor, just slip Karen the sheet music for the entertainer. I bet she knows it. And then roll with it. Eight. When the children can't hear because an adult around them won't take off their puffy jacket that keeps rustling and squeaking and distracting the children, offer to help them off with their jacket and go hang it up in the coat room where it belongs. Nine, when a three-year-old insists on standing on their chair in the front row, turned backwards, looking at the rest of the people, give the child a pair of very dark glasses. That will prevent the child from catching any adult's eye, which would lead to distraction. This will protect the adults who, as we know, have very short attention spans and are very easily distracted. And 10, when a child in front of you is very squirmy and then they turn around and you realize suddenly, oh, it's Jesus or Buddha, maybe it's the Dalai Lama, take it in stride and play got your nose until they turn around to the front again. Thank you. <laughs> I have a new thing. It's very exciting. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. So I found that on the interwebs. And guess who posted that in the uh, colleagues? I sh I'm telling, I'm, now I'm telling. 
So, um, but I don't think that the minister who posted that on the ministerial collegial website or Facebook page would mind. It was Reverend Brian Kiley that uh, brought this to my attention. He posted it a few years ago and I went, that's, I love that. And I begin my message with an excerpt from A Blessing by Jan Richardson. If you don't know her work, it is truly lovely and worthwhile. And here is the poem, or blessing. You hardly knew how hungry you were to be gathered in, to receive the welcome that invited you to enter entirely. You began to breathe again. You learned to sing. But the deal with this blessing is that it will not leave you alone, it will not let you linger. This blessing will ask you to leave, not because it has tired of you, but because it desires for you to become the sanctuary that you have found. And in the Soul Matters packet, where, I, where this is from, there is a short um, reflection on this. By, it just says Soul Matters people, the staff. Richardson begins with hunger, and so do we. Just saying the word belonging conjures it up. The primal hunger to be included, the longing to be let in. No one likes standing outside the circle. No one likes leaning against the locked door, listening while everyone is laughing inside. From the time we are little, belonging is the thing we seek. It's the hoped for grail, hoped for holy grail, the promised resting place. But Richardson will have none of that. Our own belonging is only the beginning. That's what she wants us to know. One minute, she's wrapping us up in comforting words about settling in and allowing ourselves to finally breathe. The next, she's shaking us awake and telling us to get up and go. That shaking should tell us something. In other words, this is no gentle invitation, no sweet reminder to think of others. It's a warning a desperate hope that we will wake to the fact that there are two kinds of belonging, one that wants to bless us and one that wants to enlist us. Deep down we know this. The hard part is to remember it. To use Richardson's language, if we find ourselves being invited to linger long rather than leave, alarm bell should go off. We need to be weary, wary of those who welcome us with a club jacket and a soft couch. They may have let us in, but soon they will enlist us into the work of keeping others out. There will likely even be a part of us that wants to keep others out. After all, Closed circles don't just set us apart, they sit us above, but they also keep us small. Maybe this is why Richardson's blessing is so intent on not leaving us alone. It knows that we only grow when the circle does. Circles that keep others out also keep the air out. No one inside a closed circle truly sings, they only suffocate, slowly. It's all one big reminder that the true blessing and belonging is not that you get to come inside the circle, it's that you get to ex experience and participate in expanding it. Again, as the circle grows, so do we. It's the end of that quote. So has it ever happened to you? You go somewhere, you think, I might like to get to know a few people. They like the same things I like, and so you smile and nod, 
or hover gingerly on the outside looking in and no one moves to make room for you in the circle metaphorically or literally. That happened to me bird watching at Lois Hole Provincial Park not too long ago. I was up on the platform looking for the great blue heron or the moose that likes to hang about while waiting for a hoped for glorious sunset. And then they appeared, all people kind of my age, all of them interested in the birds and the moose and the sunset. All of them knew each other, and they had these big cameras, <laughs> you know, the kind. And I said hi to them. I tried to wiggle into the conversation a couple of times to no avail. I and my 35-year-old binoculars were shunned. This was not the first or the second time we had all been up on that platform, most likely the third. So my expe expectation was to be at least slightly let into the conversation. So that, but my idea of that and hope for that wasn't too far-fetched. And the experience has left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. However, I will continue to go back. I will continue to bask in the glow of a glorious sunset on the shores of Big Lake, and I will continue to look for birds with my old and heavy binoculars. And I will continue to try, a, try to take an inadequate picture of those birds with my inadequate iPhone. I imagine sooner or later those probably nice people will at least talk to me at least a little. I hear over and over and over again from folks from every congregation I have ever worked at or attended of any denomination. And I also hear it from my colleagues, from people in their congregations that someone will say, I had to work really hard to be accepted into this congregation. The person that comes over and over, all the while not being invited into the conversation, is brave indeed. Why do we have such a hard time welcoming others into our group? Not just this one. Other groups that you might belong to as well. It's human nature. We want to protect the integrity of the circle. We want it to feel right, familiar, comfortable. We want our club jacket and cozy couch when we arrive. That is why groups, communities, congregations have to be intentional about making sure they have a process in place to let folks know they are wanted and welcome. But, you ask, what if they don't look like us? Or what if they smell bad? Or, oh my goodness, what if their kids run around and wreck stuff? Or even worse, what if they have ideas that are different than ours? I can only tell you that it is hard to let people into our groups because all systems long for status quo, homeostasis. It is a law of nature and every cell in our body wishes for things to stay the same. Everything requires equilibrium. However, and unfortunately, in congregational life, there is no status quo. There is no homeostasis. Congregations are either growing or shrinking, never staying the same. And I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. And um, I was chatting with a congregant yesterday about this. I don't care if our numbers grow. That is not a goal for me. Sure, it would be nice. But how I long you for you to grow is in depth of spirit or personal growth. They're the same thing. I wish for us to be better at managing uncomfortable conversations. 
I wish for us to be better at communicating with one another. I wish for all of us to feel enriched and enlivened by our full participation in this community. I want us to feel joyful, challenged, excited, and grateful to be part of a group such as ours. I also want you to be proud of the work you are doing in the community and feel like you're learning and growing as we begin to lean, to lean into the eighth principle in all of its meanings and many nuances. It's not that we're not good at these things. It's that there is no there, there. We all need to be learning and growing, me too, everyone, both in our personal lives and in this community. There is no end goal. When I worked in the school system and also when I was caring for special needs children in my home, whenever I went anywhere, I looked for and removed as many barriers to their participation that I could find. Every time I went into a room, I watched the margins. Who isn't able to fully participate here? Why aren't they able to fully participate? What adaptations need to happen for full participation? I was so much in the habit of doing that, that when I went to university and to seminary, I got known for that behavior. It annoyed some people because they were fully functioning adults. Sometimes, but sometimes the person would be from another country and they, they, didn't, they didn't have a lot of English. And so I would notice and say something. And I might have gotten teased about it a little, but all in good nature. So what about us? How do you think we do in welcoming our guests? Well, I've noticed we do quite well. Many of you make sure newcomers are spoken to and informed that you can bring your coffee into the, into the sanctuary during the service. I'm, also, I'm not noticing too much overwhelming. That's when a person is welcomed in such a way that they can't get away or are made to feel pretty uncomfortable. This, this happens more to younger folks. We really, really want them to stay, for good reason. So I was with my son, who is six foot one, good-looking guy, and I took him to church with me one morning in a small town, in a small fellowship. And let me tell you, was he overwelcomed or what? And they, were, and they found out that he lived in their town. And he knew all the words to all the songs. And they were like, yes, someone that can put out all the chairs and lift the tables. <laughs> no one said that to him, of course, but you could see it in their eyes. And on the way home, he said, uh, Ma, he calls me Ma, <laughs> I feel like I need a shower. thought you might find that story funny. So here's what I'm asking. When you see someone is struggling to figure out what is going on, give them simple instructions. If you notice someone is nervous about going and getting a cup of coffee, go with them and show them where the coffee and the cups are. And here's kind of a harder part. If you're looking for someone to fill a position or do a task, don't just ask people you know well. Ask everyone through the announcements or someone you haven't seen before. Well, I mean, we don't want to ask a brand new person if they'd like to be on the board. That's a little, like, first time in. Would you like to be on the board? No. But I know that a direct ask works better. But newcomers don't get a chance to participate that. And we all know that the only way to feel like you truly belong to a congregation or a community is to get involved. This month, we've been talking about belonging. We've looked at it from many different directions and in many different ways. We've probably only just scratched the surface. 
As I've mentioned in the announcement, next month we are going to be entering into the exploration of courage. Our Sunday services will reflect that theme. Our RE programs will also reflect the theme. And here, the, the youth and um, children and youth and young adults that will reflect the theme. And for the first time, we are offering Soul Matters small groups that will explore the theme together. I encourage you, whether you are wanting to be in a small group or not, to look at the packet that will be sent to you next week. I went through it and I was truly impressed. There is so much there. Videos, podcasts, music, like playlists, articles, poetry, prose, ideas, reflections, and questions to ponder. I'm excited for us to be doing this together. And I hope it'll make you feel like you belong. And I hope it will challenge you to make sure everyone else feels the same way. If you wish to receive the Soul Matters packets, please fill out a Connect card at the back. You'll get a packet and newsletter next week. If you already get the newsletter, you will automatically get a Soul Matters packet every month. I'm so excited to be sharing this ministry with you as we emerge from COVID, from the COVID era that kept us apart. We're so lucky to be able to figure out what we want going forward, how we want to be together, and how we wish to impact the world around us. My hope and prayer is that things will continue to evolve and that we are asking good questions. For as we all know, it's all about the questions. So may it be. Amen. Let's just take a moment, about 10, 15 seconds to breathe and ponder. And then... And then we're going to sing hymn 1030 Siyahamba. And uh, it is a, it's a rousing hymn. And um, harmonies are encouraged. So please, as you are able and willing, rise in body or in spirit.
You may be now, seated. Sorry. Go ahead. I would ask Karen to come up and extinguish the flame. Our closing words <clears throat> are a poem by Mary Oliver called Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clear, clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Thank you. And I offer you this Franciscan blessing. May we be blessed with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that we may live from deep within our hearts. May we be blessed with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of creation so that we may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May we be blessed with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And may we be blessed with just enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in this world, so that we can do what others claim cannot be done, and that is to bring justice and kindness to all people. Go in peace, gentle people. Go in peace. Amen. And now we will sing our linking song. And I'm going to invite you, we're getting a little bit too big to form the circle, so just maybe turn so you can see other people and smile at one another, but stay by your seats. And we will sing Carry the Flame, and I'm going to leave you now. <laughs>